0: so sad part- and i don't know that they hide behind religion because no. i said this on this show once before jesus would be the grand marshal at the pride parade i don't mean I about really, gay really people i mean that. in every argument we have but here's we your weaponized religion, religion. Here's, here's my, my question, religion, but it's wrong Mm-mm. if you're so afraid why are you going over there yeah if they scare you so much leave them you alone scare me. When stuff scares me, I leave it alone. Mm-hmm. If I don't want to be bothered, I don't, I don't go there. See, that's the problem. You don't want to just have your feelings. You want everybody else to join you. And you know what? You can, you can scream, you can cuss, you can do all you say. But you know what? Gay people are here. They're not going anywhere. There is nothing you can do. You know, you can yell and scream, but, you know, as as the Lord, as everybody was talking about, you know, made in God's image. Yep. Made in God's image. There are no but except for there's none of that. No. Keep that in mind when you're trying to figure out where you stand as a human being, let alone a Christian. We'll be right back. Uh.
1: Mm. Sorry that you guys had to see that, but let's go ahead and break that down as we watch your culture stray further every day. Howdy, I'm your host, Jonathan Fiallo today, and pretend that I am sitting in that chair of uh, economics over there, but for now, I'm going to start with chair of theology. We got uh, Miss Nikki this morning. How good. are
2: you? I'm very good. Good morning.
1: Glad to have you on.
2: I'm glad to be here.
1: You know, the reason why we believe what we believe, and to her left... Our right here is, we got the Yash. Yes,
3: back in the chair of philosophy.
1: Yahushua, dealing with the rigor that one must bring to the faith. Good. And then, uh, Mr. Steve. Yes, sir. Back in it. You bet, man. I think with
4: that view from the view, I think our culture is straying
1: further every day. That it is, ladies from the
4: pew.
5: Anyway,
1: we'll get to it in just a second. Then we got Chauncey in the chair of politics. Right on. Yeah. I'm
5: back. (laughs) <laughs> He's back. He's Yay! back. you be the out. politics of all of this, so.
1: All right. All right. Very good. So with that said, we do have a lot to break down there. And we're going we're to get into the Bible, into the philosophy, all of it. We're going to go down the whole nine yards. We're going to look at the economics of all of this today. And we're, we're going to show, look, God didn't make stupid arguments. God didn't say, do as I say right here for no reason. The universe was built on God's, not only his law, but his nature. And I want to start off with your reactions to that opening clip, because there's a lot packed in there. There's a lot of garbage packed in there, a lot of really bad ideas. I know, Josh, you had thoughts, but I want to start with Miss Nikki. What are some of your thoughts on where uh, uh, Whoopi has it wrong?
2: Um, The idea, I mean, she's correct, you're made in the image of God? But she fails to understand the righteousness of God. And the reason that they don't ask, and I keep saying this over and over again, is why is this wrong before God? Why Why is uh, Christians not supporting the homosexual movement? You have to ask the question why. They They say it's hatred, it's discrimination. Well, maybe Christians haven't displayed... The answer correctly, and so they don't know, or maybe they're just not listening. Uh,
1: I, hey, I mean, I, I think God's worst PR nightmare often tends to be people who call themselves by his name. I 100% agree with that. Uh, and it doesn't negate the fact that what God said is true. If God said it, I like Francis Chan. He said, Francis Chan, Asian man, if you didn't figure out by the name, he said, as an Asian man, if God tells me to stand on my head, he's God. I'm going to stand on my head. That That's who he is. Now, God never tell you to do something that's that detrimental to your body, to stand on your head in perpetuity. But Chan had it right when he said, if God told me to do that for the rest of my life, I would do it. It's God. But there's a lot more to it than that. God doesn't want you to do dumb things for no reason. He has his laws in place for a reason. And And Josh, I know you've got thoughts on this.
3: Yeah, I thought the point that Miss... What Be Goldberg was trying to make there was really weird about the image bearers because I think what she gets wrong is that yes we're made in the image of God but we need to take that a little bit further and understand that being made in the image means to be made with the consciousness the ability to reason. There's a reason why we're different from other animals in the kingdom, or the animal kingdom that is, and that's because we have the ability to reason and have consciousness. So it's imago Deo in that sense, but. What that does not mean is that just because you have the ability to conscience and reason does not mean that God is gay, and therefore he makes gay people, or makes people gay. No, he just gives people the ability to reason and conscience, and then gives them the autonomy to be able to make choices. And depending upon your choices, like, for example, if you decide to go in that direction of being gay, that would be a sinful act, and therefore you would be held to account for that sinful act. So I didn't get what she was trying to get at there because it really doesn't take into account the autonomy of choice. And then I thought that lady at the very beginning saying that Jesus would be the— grand, she, she said this, maybe it was just a filler of words. She said, I really, really believe that he would be the Grand Marshal of the Pride Parade. I would be very interested to see what her Bible knowledge is to, to be able to confirm that. I'd be willing to bet she didn't read the Bible to confirm right. that one. But that's just a— but personal belief, and I also find it very detrimental to their cause that they're trying to give the, the LGBTQ people the grace, right? The grace mm-hmm. of, of grace mm-hmm. of God. That's what they're trying to do, I think. But what they don't understand is that by trying to do that, they therefore in themselves are not showing grace to the person who disagrees with the LGBTQ.
1: Well, and and that right there is, you and I talked about this uh, over text before we got in here, but I thought that was a really good poll that, that you had and 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 I I said this in in the, in the back and forth stop using moral platitudes say why it's wrong or why it's right by the way christians stop saying stuff like god says it's a sin okay well they're going to disagree and say well god god loves people and it's not sin and they're going to go and they're going to pervert say you know genesis they're going to say that it was an issue of hospitality not an issue of homosexuality and rape why sodom and gomorrah were destroyed they said it's a hospitality issue well, no, okay so this is where apologetics comes in this is where good thinking good philosophy comes in and you're right when when they make this point there's nothing underneath it start to say well what about genesis 224 where god defines marriage what about Romans 1, 24 through 32, which we're going to get to in a little bit. Jude. What about Jude? What, what about all of these other verses that specifically speak to this? Use good thinking. Philo- you know, use your mind. You need to have a good philosophy. Moving over to the chair culture, I want to get your, your, your thoughts, Mr. Steve, because I know you've got him on this. What really stuck out wrong with that clip for you?
4: Well, one of the things that was... Kind of interesting was the fact that her consistent talking about being an image bearer, image bearer, image bearer, image bearer, and the but the thing is, is when we talk about an image bearer, we're talking about an image bearer of God and Christ and what Christ holds out what his image is, not what man perceives as what they want the image to be. we got to be more like Christ. What the Bible says, what does the Bible say? Not man's interpretation of what they want it to be, but what God says in the Bible. Just like you were talking about, you know, your theology, you got to know your theology, you've got to know it good, you've got to know all of these types of things about the Bible in order to be able to have not an argument but a discussion with someone who doesn't know the issues or they don't know. Well, like her, she's coming out and saying all of this, saying this, But it's like Josh made the point, I would like to know what her knowledge is on the Bible. Probably very little.
1: Correct, because if if she had read the Bible, she would have been disabused of those notions that Jesus would somehow be supportive of a destructive behavior. And by the way, make the point that it is destructive behavior. Sin is never beneficial to the sinner. They are always a captive to something that Satan has deployed and said, look, this is a better thing than what God has for you. Spoiler, it never is. Make that case. And so we've got a culture, we've got a culture of, of, a, of a fake Jesus, of a counterfeit Jesus. And what, 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 I, what I really got from you there and what you were saying is we need to be making sure that we are actually accurately representing Christ. And that's the problem. No one has an image of—well, let me rephrase that—culture is without a solid— image of what Christ bears look like
4: correct and there is accountability for that and there will be accountability maybe some people aren't seeing in their life oh well I don't see anything happening to me well guess what you haven't come before the Lord yet there's going to be accountability one day correct. and 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 you're going to face it correct and so- it's going to happen there's that accountability for showing yourself as the proper image bearer and that's the word uh, using yourself as a proper image bearer as far as christ is concerned and it's just like you were saying you know you got to know all of the things that you need to know and as far as the bible goes you know Mm -hmm. your theology your apologetics you got to know it man when you have conversation with somebody that's saying oh yeah the bible says this the bible says that well okay point it out to me where
1: and that's where we get the word apologetics is from uh it was at first peter three i'm I'm trying to remember the verse where he says have a response for the hope and the faith in which you stand and that's something that Mm -hmm. that really is critical in our day and age we need to have a response because it does become political and and the thing is is Politics is a is a institution that God ordained, and He ordained it in Genesis nine. And you see the the way that God handed it off to Samuel and eventually to the kings, uh, or rather judges in general. Samuel off, handing it off to the kings. It is a God ordained institution to hold to to mete out godliness and to maintain a godly standard standard where you can in <laughs> fact live in a world that is safe, where the people are protected and maintained, but also where society can hold together. And what do we really see with the most recent attacks of the enemy? Uh, uh, Chauncey, we, 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 we see some, you see it creeping on politics. What is Satan trying to do here?
5: Well, number one, he's always trying to deceive everybody. You think about it. I mean, it's kind of got to one party and everybody knows it's the democratic party where he's guiding them to believe that, you know, the party is about love and, you know, God is love. They'll go to that scripture where it says, you know, God is love. So if God is love, then why does he hate, you know, the LGBTQ community? And the thing is, it's like he doesn't hate you guys. He just hates the sin that is in you, which is that. And if you look in times where if you study the scriptures, you go in Genesis where he first establishes marriage and then he passes that torch on. And I'm reading right now in Isaiah where he talks about the consequences because of sin, this abounding and it, it doesn't matter what sin it was. You know, many people would think of that community that, you know, homosexuality is like the number one sin that God is against. No, he's against every form of sin there is. The thing is, is that this particular sin, you don't even know the dangers of it. And that's what Satan does. Satan has it to where like, oh, well, you need to feel loved by someone, just anyone. So then you start falling in love with the the person that is the same gender as you. And then what happens is he doesn't tell you what's going to come with that. And that's how Satan is. You know, he tells people, get into this. But he never tells you the dangers of it. But he'll tell you it makes you feel good. It makes you sound good and everything. But that's exactly what's going on in politics is that they're baiting them into voting this way just because they just want to feel loved.
1: And it's really an issue of degradating the value of humans into economic social racial blocks and that's what they see you as by the way they also see you as a paycheck just like the abortionist we're gonna talk about that today just like the abortionist they see you as a paycheck as a whopping hundred two hundred thousand whatever it is for the transition uh, surgery whatever all you're going to go through they see you as a whopping paycheck in an industry that's booming it's just me kind of going from the economics chair. But I want to go ahead and move back over to the chair of theology. I want us to go to the source. Why do people? believe this? Why are we re- rooting ourselves in on this issue, grounding us down? Or, is it to the Bible or is it to something else? It's to the Bible.
2: Okay, so let me just bring this out. I'm going I'm to kind of take these out of uh, context, just not context, but out of order just a little bit because I want to lay down a foundation here. Go for it. And it says— Who's changed the truth of God into a lie? Worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So when she was saying we are the image of God, what she is doing is she's uplifting the image. And the image wants this. And the image wants that. And therefore, it is good. And God agrees with what the image wants. That's not what the Bible is saying. But the Bible is saying is that we are created in His image, but we are forsaking the Creator. The image should lead us back to the Creator to seek what the Creator wants, not what the the creation, the created image wants. And there's where the problem is lying. So I want to lay that down first. But here are some scriptures that, uh, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts. To dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for mm. even their women did change the natural use into which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another. And with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving it in themselves, the recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, yet God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not. Con- being filled. Do you want me to keep going? Keep going. Being filled with unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit. Like I say that word, Whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, um, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them, that do them. That do them.
1: So I want to go ahead and ask: Does this sound like the modern woke culture? And I I think the best example that I can give is: Do y'all remember that young lady who spat on her father's grave at the uh, uh, at his funeral and said, "I hate you. I hate everything about you. I hate what you've done. I hate who you were in life." The only thing that has, and if I can remember, I'll put a link in the description below to this video. It was on TikTok. I think Chauncey remembers it. She says, the only good thing about you, or that I was hoping for, was that you would someday come to my belief. And she's a uh, they-them, you know,
6: mm-hmm.
1: what, whatever. But she's spitting on the grave of her father at his funeral. That is the spirit of the age. That is the spirit of the age. Chauncey, you've, you, you've seen this video.
5: Yes, I've seen it, and and what it all ties back into—it's not even a political aspect, but it's more of like the culture, because what starts at the home, and once that is, is engraved into that child or that person from the home, then it gets to the point where the hatred comes in. Yes. So. Yeah,
1: absolutely, mm-hmm. and, and and so we do not need to look further than today this culture right now to see that play out. Once you allow that to your home, your theology and philosophy, your culture and your politics will suffer. And also, uh, I believe we've got Mark 7, 21. We wanted to read that, by the way, that was Romans 1, 24 through uh, 32 that we just read. Mark 7.
2: Um. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts. This, That's the one you're looking at. Yep, ma'am. to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed Oh, wait. Kind
1: of, There's a problem here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Mark 27. I don't know what happened. That's my fault. Uh In the and, meantime, okay. Go
2: ahead. Yeah. It looks like they're all kind of the same. Corinthians well, nine
1: six nine through eleven. If you get Corinthians six nine through eleven, and I'll, and I'll I'll pull up that other one.
2: Okay. Know ye not that unrighteousness shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators nor idolaters nor adulterers nor effeminate. I can't say
1: effeminate. That word.
2: Nor abusers, or themselves with mankind. Now, I want y'all to pay attention here: that we're not just talking about homosexuality, or any. This is talking covering a host of uh, unrighteous activity. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God.
1: That kind of sounds like we talked about this in the in, in the Bible. Almost like homosexuality is actually mentioned. Lovers of B- men, many times, the effeminate. Yeah, uh Mark Mark twenty uh, seven seven twenty seven. Well, or twenty one rather. Excuse me. We'll get that from uh, uh, from right here. This is Christ mm-hmm. Himself speaking, and He says, uh "Because it entered not into His heart, but into His belly, but goeth out into the drop, purging all meats." Jesus, and He said, "That which cometh out of the man, that def- is that which defileth a man, for from within, out of the heart of men." evil thoughts, idolatries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, uh, licentiousness, a an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness, all these things come from within and defile the man it 's not just homosexuality, and don't misunderstand us we 're not saying that all these other things get a pass we 're saying all of them are equally bad, and the church really should treat all of them the same, right The church mm-hmm. should treat all of them the same. Christ spoke about. Immorality, which, again, you only have so much of what Christ said documented. So, yes, we're not going to have tax rates included in Christ's speech. We have some talks about taxes, but we don't have a biblical tax rate. Okay, But you have a rubric for that. You don't have homosexuality directly specified by Christ.
6: But he talks about adulterous, fornicating behavior talks about sexual immorality. Christ
1: discussed it. Sorry. He also described one man, one woman. And also, if we can go ahead and get First Timothy 9 through 10, please.
2: Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly, for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers. For whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men-stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine.
1: Boy, doesn't that...
2: That ends it right there. Man, mm-hmm. sound doctrine. that
1: says a lot right there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it sets it up. And what you have there is an issue of, did we lay out the doctrine elsewhere? You're looking at the plenary interpretation of the scripture. So, can we all agree? Fact-checked. False. Jesus <laughs> would not be the grand marshal at the pride
5: parade. Yeah, he sure wouldn't.
2: He might be there. He might be there to offer you a, an, an option, a different way to give you a, a better life. But, yeah.
1: He's you, not
4: the grand marshal.
1: I'm sorry.
2: Jesus, <laughs>
6: Jesus
1: would not be a <laughs> he, blue haired. He's
4: walking in the ally. crowd. Exactly. He's walking in the crowd offering but people salvation. That's is right.
5: what he's doing. Yep. Telling you to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand.
1: so just just so that so that that's out of the way we laid that down i'm just saying fact check false uh and and that's right out of the scripture and Uh so that was jesus's words himself and then stuff he was referring to but i want to move over to the chair philosophy for a little bit here and i want to kind of tease out a little bit of this because we've got god's word right we have his decree but there, there, there's more to it there, isn't there? There's actually a really good reasoning for all of this. There's a really good, well-thought-out, uh, for lack of a better word, way to live. And, and part of that comes from this universe being breathed out of God's mouth. You know, it says that Jesus Christ himself manifested the universe as we see it today. So what are some of the problems with, with the death rates, the morbidity rates, for those who are in the LGBT community. like Would that have anything to do with maybe why, part of, a piece of why God would not want us to be doing this?
3: Most certainly. People want
6: Christ, but people don't want what Christ died for. That's the problem. Oh, wow. The fact is is that people don't want holiness. Because that, that, that he, he died knowing that he was a sinner. He died knowing that you are going to continue to be disobedient, but he died so that you life that is abundance, life that is
3: dictated by the Holy Spirit. These are the reasons why he died, and all of that is encompassed in what we would say is the word love, sacrificial. And so, they say Jesus is a God of love. He is love? Well, everything that is encompassed in love and part of love is the fact that He's called you to a ab- Life, Never. and not even just a better life. He's telling you that if you have my Spirit, you're going to be living a better life. I promise. And that's what the ultimately the Holy Spirit is. It's a promise. Going to the mortality rate, they have a four times as higher mortality rate. for us Looking at yes, and, and and
1: and that happens fifteen years after the fact.
3: And it happens after the fact. So you look at the repercussions of what plus IA lifestyle would
6: bring and the sad reality is that they don't
3: look at it from that perspective.
6: They Correct. look
3: at it from current perspective for the what's happening in in the moment it feels great, it's emotional.
6: It's, it's 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 everything you want. Correct. But but much like with everything almost, <laughs> almost uh, drugs, alcohol, smoking. Down the list, money, specifically the use of money, luxurious <laughs> things, is that they might all seem good, but really, at the end, what is it going to give you? What's it going to replace?
3: What's it going to replace? What's it going to give you at the end of the day? What is the consequence for taking that now? And, and I think that's the question to ask is what's going to be the consequence for what we do today? And the thing is, there's positive consequences and there's negative consequences. But these produce, in my eyes, and the LGBTQ plus IA lifestyle brings is negative consequences. It's a taking away purity. It's a taking away... It's, a, it's an additional... It's an addition of hardness to the heart.
1: Indeed. And the, the, the biggest issue is, with the morbidity rate, is that satisfaction... Polls and stats are taken one month, two months, five years after the quote-unquote transition surgery.
3: And they try to silence the detransition.
1: And they try to de because that comes 10 to 15 years later as we see out of a Swedish study. And we talked about this again uh, earlier on this year. We talked about how you have a large population of transitioned individuals in Sweden. <clears throat> and because they're very open to this. They've been open to this since the 80s. It's hard to get data points for something like this. It, it, does regret ever happen? And what does it do later on in life? Well, Josh alluded to it, and, and I messed up. I'm sorry. I thought I had the slide here. I didn't. Uh, you see a four-time, it's actually a 4.3 up to 4.3 increase in morbidity over heterosexual females for female to male transitions. It's women who go through this suffer over Four times a higher death rate 15 years after the transition surgery. These are 30-year-old women, 40-year-old women who are pretending to live as a man because they were told this is the way to go about it. This is the way to go about it. Then men usually do better, right? Men usually do better, and and they do about two, two and a half times uh, more uh, uh, likely to to, to be dead in 15 years. Why on earth
2: you didn't you, talk about the addictions that you all have
1: why on earth would you recommend that and okay yeah, absolutely go ahead and speak to that because that's Well, incredible. I'm just
2: um, referring to a um, um, a podcast I heard on a man who did detransition. Uh and i I think he lived as a woman for several many years and had the surgeries um, but he said eighty five percent of all those that do transition are addicted to something because there's really don't have any people. That's, those are his words.
1: We're, we're, we're going to read a little bit of our tulip in a little bit, and that's going to be the chair of culture because it's really important to know what happens to your culture when you have a cult like this that is widely established. And I use that word advisedly. However, I believe that it is firmly set. The LGBT movement as a whole will treat you like a cult, they will excommunicate you I think, if you
2: deviate. I think the people who are detransition call it a cult. Some of them do. Uh, they, they, they'll, they'll tell you from what I'm hearing, and I've heard them speak it themselves, is that when they get away from these certain groups and they start to think on their own, they start thinking differently.
1: And that's huge. Mm-hmm. And that's huge. So what we have is a culture of silence. And I, I actually want you, Mr. Steve, to read this uh, post from Tulip. And I've got the slide here that I'm yes. going to pull up. But this is actually <clears throat> the finishing of his uh uh this is the finishing of his article exploring the retransition narrative and by the way i love the meme here i love the meme <laughs> so you've got the the spider for those of you who are on audio we are on youtube and rumble uh thank you rumble we see you guys youtube thanks for being here we do see something interesting here with his his little meme he has got the three spider-man pointing at each other transitioners Retransitioners and uh, uh detransitioners. You have everyone arguing and blaming each other for no, you're the fake, you're the fraud, you're the real no no, you're lying. And and there's this whole culture of of <laughs> argumentation. It's a great little meme, but this comes from someone who transitioned as a 24-year-old, I believe 24, 22 year old male, had the bottom surgery, top surgery, uh and okay, I'm going to be a little bit graphic here. So if you have kids in the room, you have three seconds to get him out. Two, one. He's got a nub of what used to be there. And it still gets hard in the mornings. He's got everything that's supposed to be a woman's parts. It's hairy on the inside. where it, it, He pees. It takes him hours to pee. then he still smells like urine for the rest of the day. He reached out to his surgeons, and they would not help him and they would not help him. And then he's treated like this by the community. I want you to go ahead and read that from Tulipar, please. Okay. <clears throat> Tulip. Like Cypher in the Matrix, asking
4: to be plugged back in, knowing what he knows could only be achieved by wiping his memory. Once you know, you really can't plug back in. And the narrative around those who retransition is centered on people who never really disengage with the mindset to begin with. For males, especially, there are still many reasons not to give up their trans identity and stay plugged in, even those who do wake up face realities that make returning to their trans identity far more appealing than coming out of it. Meanwhile, trans activists will celebrate those who retransition to no end as it violates the rhetoric that the true outcome for a trans person is to transition, and the true outcome for a detransitioner is to retransition.
1: transition Okay, pay- let's, let, let, let's pause there for a second. Let's pause there. Hold that spot. Hold that spot. Let's, let's pause there. He just made a really interesting point. Yeah. <laughs> what is the incentive after you have lost everything that made you a man or everything that made you a woman what is the incentive to try to go back when those parts are gone? Uh, I, you know, what what what's the incentive?
5: I mean, there's no end result. I mean, it's just like, like, like basically an end game. You know, it's like Thanos just came in, your doctor is Thanos, and he just snapped and just made everything about you disappear. It's 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 scary. It's frightening.
2: It's really hard. When I think about... Gone through the surgeries, they can't find satisfaction. They've had the surgery, they can't go back, and yet they can't find satisfaction after having the surgery.
1: And it was all about that satisfaction, about the, finding identity. Yes. In that. Right.
2: It's very, it's a tragic. And so the voice is not a voice of hatred, but a voice of, I think, warning more than anything.
1: And that's and and that's really what the church should be about. We should really be about warning people. We should be about folk we should be focused on how do we protect people who are going through this and falling prey to it, Mr. Steve, I know I cut you off in the middle there. Yes. I want you to keep going. okay It paints detransition as
4: solely due to factors outside of the individual's control ergo forfeiting any responsibility for their actions. On the other hand, you have those who have been in the fray for much longer, who understand the dynamics at play, yet become easily frustrated when someone who has just left the cult displays behaviors and attitudes they've been critiquing from the comfort of their armchair and keyboard. But let me tell you this. There is no substitute for lived experience. There is a reason our voices get more transaction than theirs. And it frustrates them to no
1: end. Okay, so that's important. When we're talking about a cult, you have people who, even though they appear to be struggling,
6: are they going to speak out? Most of them, probably not. You have a culture of silence. Keep going. Detransitioners' voices are powerful. And the pull of retransition doesn't
4: come just from those on the trans side, but from those whose ideals rely on unchecked fallacies riddled with confirmation bias that doesn't meet real world testing. Even an ideology that you've centered your life and body around is tremendously difficult, and there are many reasons for returning. Like alcoholics, gamblers, and addicts, the devil you know is sometimes an easier choice. Given the playing field, who can judge them? What does it mean for the LGBT movement in terms of culture?
1: Well, that's a good question for you to to answer, because... That's that's where the quote ends, but what does that mean for them? What does that mean for them, Mr. Steve?
4: Well, I would say it it for their culture, it doesn't look good just for the regular gay and lesbian culture. Because what it's doing to them is it makes them look like they're hating those that are on the opposite side of what they are or like like it is with children, you'll have the LGB people out here that'll come out and say, hey, this isn't the greatest thing. And detransitioners will say, hey, this is not good for kids. And you've got uh, people that are in the LGB community that are saying this is not good for kids but the trans people are going to say hey what are y'all a bunch of haters and that's and that's where you get the term turf what's wrong with you people what's wrong with you people man we don't like y'all y'all are haters
1: man trans exclusionary uh radical feminist i believe is turf it's where they get that so if you hear that word it's basically saying that
6: uh Inclusivity, diversity, it's itself. I'm just saying. And that, and that is what you're seeing. Because
1: the L, the G, and the B, the lesbian, bisexual, and the gay, those are born this way. Transgender uh-huh. is, I can become or I might be born this way. It destroys. And that's the thing with the intersectionality. It always destroys itself. Instead of unifying us under the love of God, instead of unifying us under the love of God, It absolutely takes everyone's individual, superficial, external characteristics and applies a value based on that. And what we see is the chaos ensuing from that. So I want to get a little bit of your thoughts, Chauncey, because on this, from the politics side, because what we have here is we have the sick theology that is unresearched. There's no philosophy behind it, and we see this culture of exclusionary—it's the right word—culture of silence, culture of cancellation, or even a culture of censorship. What happens when that culture gives birth to a new politic?
5: Well, what happens is, is now you've got to have uh, bigger influencers who are going to now speak out against or, or speak out for the detransitioners. And so I think the the issue is it's like with every movement, there has to be some big supporting that's behind it, a big supporting force. And so if the D if the D transitioners um, get some support, especially from those of the church, if we can get some some big members of the church to, to speak for the D transitioners so that they can not only speak out their experience, but also educate others on before you make that decision think about what god has laid out before you you know when you was born here on this earth you know you were made perfect in god's image that's true but it's not that view what we was looking at earlier that's not what what we're on we're on where it's you're made in the image of god as where you was born on day one when the doctors told your parents that it was going to have a boy or a girl. And you have to accept that fact. And it's the it's the hard reality. And and I know with the detransitioners, they have that position spot on, but now it's the support that's going to come in because it's going to be some faulty politics that comes in where the silencers are going to come in. And They're going to start to
1: enforce unreality or non-reality. Mm-hmm. I know Josh wanted to say
5: something. <clears throat> There's a very...
3: Important concept and all of this, in its identity, and the and it's a tough question for some people, mm-hmm. especially for these people. These people seemingly believe that their identity is opposite what their biology was, that they were born in this, this fashion, and it, I I have never dealt with that feeling, so I can't speak to it, but I can't imagine if it'd be horrible. It, it's got to be horrible. It's got to feel terrible. But I think the important thing to realize is that they are trying to sell you... The people in this community are trying to sell you confirmation bias. I heard that. It's, it's a dangerous thing. And they try to sell you science that supports it. They try to sell you a friend group that'll support you. They try to... With a community, the LGBTQ plus IA. They try to sell you everything that you can get on board with it and then make the full-time commitment by getting a transitional surgery. And... and- Go ahead, go ahead, but I wanted to say for the people that say they were born that way and that do get the surgery, I would like to hear why there is people who detransition surgery
1: that's the problem, isn't it? It shows that there's a problem with the with the
3: premise yeah, the premise of right. the i born in this fashion detransition surgery kind of spits in the face of it, it makes sense for the peopleablepsi community to suppress that idea because it does not go and flow with the science that they've dogmatically, f- which like no matter how much, Dogmatic. No, matter, yeah, no matter how much they've really, they, they've confirmation bias the heck out of it, it. It just absolutely spits in the face of it. Absolutely. and In, in
2: support of him, uh, the research that they've done in the past, that children who want to be the opposite sex, when they reach, 85% of them, when they reach puberty, outgrow that. That research, yep. that's, that's research done that it's pretty high. 85% is pretty high. But Correct. now they wanted to completely ignore that and start doing these puberty blockers before a child even reach, reaches that age to have that option.
1: Well, and so that's, that's actually a story that we're going to get to in just a moment. And I'm, I'm going to we will definitely get to that but uh, sorry guys i'm 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 no. producing and and working here but uh, cuz 80 to 85% that's the case of a lawsuit that's coming up in australia and and we're, 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 that's the premise of a case in australia and i'd like to get to that in just a moment mr steve yeah there. um you know
4: i had uh, sent you a link yes. the other day to a tucker
1: carlson on yes. and, yes, and it
4: was uh, talking about how uh, pedophilia stuff, and it brought up another issue on uh, transitioning, I believe mm-hmm. and talking about how children freshly out of the womb know their gender their gender, and about <laughs> whether or not they should be what gender they should they want to be and i 'm like, and this is a doctor on. TV saying this, yes, very
2: scary. This
4: is a doctor on here saying this on TV, and I'm like, "Have got to kidding me?" Well, if
1: they know their gender, fresh out of the womb, they can consent. Serious? If they know their gender, they can consent, and that's and that's where it goes. If they know their gender at two months old, they can now consent to have sex, correct? And that's where it's going. And that's
4: what it's about, and that's what that that we're referring to and going on about was that's the point about the pedophilia that's going on and it i mean this little short i can uh,
1: it it's rough it, it, it is yeah. it, it it's, it's very concerning and it yeah. is a concerning
4: but thing. then
5: you see why there's a big shift where um people of that community will go move to places like California and in Colorado and places like that, because they allow it, you know, when they yeah. passed that bill, said in 145 during, you know, what 2020, I believe they passed it, uh, where basically, if a if a, an adult gets the consent from a child that is willing to partake in those activities with them, then it's a it's like free game, and it's like that's sick. Like it's, the factor yeah. that that had to come. Uh, let's, let's, it went through. It went through the
1: houses of both both houses of the state.
5: Well, yeah, and, and and that's the thing. The process of it. It's like okay, it comes from the home, and it's like all right, cool. Let me bring this to lawmakers. Like, what would what would make that person be so sick to where they bring this idea to lawmakers and have lawmakers sit there and will just talk and converse about that and then say, you know what? Yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna pass. It. We're just gonna let it go through. That has to be some sick stuff.
1: It is the greatest perversion of the Institute of Government. And it's It's the the greatest perversion of that. The folks that are making those decisions. And that's 100% correct. So we got one or two last things to get to before we wrap up today. We are going to have to wrap up a little bit earlier. But I do want to hear this one testimony. And we're going to look at a couple of the other things because chair of economics, just to kind of wrap it up. we, we got to speed run this here. I got a flight to catch, but chair of economics, you are a paycheck to them. You are a paycheck to them. This is a three minute video. It's a long video, but I think it's worth looking at. This is what someone who is transitioning. This is what they like. This is the, Hey, they're still on board with it, but they said, watch out for this doctor. And, uh, this right here is their their thoughts.
7: Please stop scrolling if you or someone that you love wants top surgery. Apologies. I got top surgery in August of 2022. So this year, Um, and I don't regret top surgery, but I do regret who I got surgery with and I need to talk about it. The reason it's so important that this is on TikTok is because so is she. She has a massive platform and her name is Dr. Gallagher. Four days after top surgery with Dr. Gallagher, my top surgery incision split open and started bleeding. At first, she said that it was just bruising, and then when she saw me in person the day before I flew home, um, she said that it was fluid buildup and that it had to just bleed out on its own through the open wound. I flew back to Ohio, and the bleeding did not stop. I was waking up to blood all over my clothes and sheets every single day. I could barely move or leave the house. At one point, I did decide a couple weeks after surgery to go out with some friends. I was slow, I was careful, and about halfway through the night, a blood clot the size of a golf ball fell out of me. I was rushed to the emergency room. I was in tachycardia by the time I got there. They admitted me and paged their plastic surgery team. The resident there took a photo, and I sent that photo as well as the blood clot to Dr. Gallagher. She replied back and made a joke that I was menstruating and said I didn't need to go to the ER, even though I'd already gone. The next day I woke up and the hole in my incision had collapsed into a black hollow cavity. There was discolored tissue spilling out of it um, and it looked like it was gonna open more. There was also another hole farther back on the incision that was starting to rip. I took photos, graphic photos of my body and I sent them to Gallagher in a panic. At this point, I reached out to a local top surgeon uh, and sent him my photos. He squeezed me in first thing the next morning, and when I saw him, he said that by sight alone, he could tell that it was severely infected. Okay. I'm
6: going to go ahead and cut that, because it does get a little little bit deeper, a bit more graphic. But this person had borderline
1: gangrene coming out of the breast tissue where they had cut it out and not properly stitched it back together. Tulip R, again, if you... all these links in the description to all of this, if you guys want to check it out, uh, go ahead and do so at your, own, at your own peril. But it is something that's really happening. This person was going to die, and okay. the surgeon did not care. And this is not unusual. And by the way, people are going to get mad. They're going to say, oh, this and that. It's like abortion clinics. It's not regulated well. Gallagher had gotten their, uh, her uh, malpractice removed so that it would be harder to be sued Okay, Uh, these people see you as a money ticket. They see you as a money ticket. And right here, we've got stuff for the amount of money that is lobbied every year for the LGBT. Suffice it to say, there's a lot here, but we're talking about uh, it's a few million that was lobbied for LGBT. But let's look at the companies. Let's look at the companies that are doing this. Uh, So we have got the LGBT uh, network. They've made three They have three million of total assets, two point two million internal revenue. Okay, but they only delivered like a quarter of a million or or three quarters of a million. And then you've got the uh, uh, LGBT task force. Okay, they've got eleven million in total assets, fifteen million in revenue. Okay, again, everyone has their their you know same is true of you, you, you. you can just keep going, okay? These people, and you are going to have, you are going to have lobbyists in any group, okay? For Christians, or LGBT, et cetera. But don't misunderstand that there's not money to be made on you. By the way, there's, don't misunderstand that there's not money to be made fighting abortion, okay? There's not money to be made, there is money to be made fighting election fraud. There is money to be made. Understand that, that there is a lobbyist group that is incentivized to do this. It's part of a cult but i think more interestingly is the amount of money that is being made doing transitions you're looking at a uh document here again link in the description below you're looking at a 209 million dollar growth rate between 2021 and 2025 on the gender reassignment surgery market and it is a very very small market i.e. there's only a few doctors or so-called doctors willing to do it so what do you have huge incentive and when you and this is the chair of economics okay pretend i'm sitting over there in the chair of economics and there is a story out of uh, australia where this woman has now sued her psychiatrist for gender affirmation surgery after one meeting she complained of social disorder. And what did the what did the doctors say? Oh, well, you're, you're you're obviously a man in a woman's body. She was 19. Now she's I believe she's 30 something, if I remember correctly. She's suing, and rightfully so, because she had a
6: mastectomy and a hysterectomy. These people are vulnerable. And what are these folks doing? They're preying upon them.
1: So What should the church's response be to this? Let's wrap it up today. What should the church's response be to this, starting with Miss Nikki?
2: Jesus said, I came to give you life and to give it more abundantly. And as a Christian, you must understand that when you're representing Jesus Christ, it's to present more of abundant life, not to take from somebody, but to give them more than what they can see or understand before them.
3: Amen. And from a philosophical point. Just really consider the consequences. Before you make a decision, make sure that you, facts in play execute based upon those facts i hope that the facts speak as clearly as possible and ultimately the truth of the as truth is as truth
1: culturally what would you say to those who are worried about coming out as a transitioner
4: um i would say get more than one opinion get out there talk to if someone's telling you about that you need to transition because of whatever Go talk to somebody else. Talk to three or four people. Find out what your problem is. Heck, you may just have knows what an eating disorder. Find. I mean, you never know what the problem is. Anxiety. Who knows? Find a local New Testament
1: church that loves you. That loves you exactly. Go
4: to the church. Get into the Word, and you will realize that hey, I'm looking at things the wrong way. This is this is. Cult oriented, and I need to
1: toe the line in the right direction. Correct, and then moving over to the chair of politics.
5: Well, there is some hope for some of you that are thinking about detransitioning. If you're in the process of looking at this, don't know who you are, or if those are in that community. And there's a scripture out of First Corinthians uh, chapter six, verse eleven, and it says, "And such were some of you, but you were washed." you were sanctified, or you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. So there's always hope for you to get out of your sin, be cleansed in the name of Jesus with the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit shows you how to live your life now, now that you are now made in Christ and make sure that the theology that you're getting is actually pure and it's sound if it's not sound then you're bound to go back to the things you, that you used to do and that goes for anybody who's partaking in any kind of sin or whatever
1: amen amen and just to kind of drill it home if you have found yourself in this position where you have a dys- dysphoria about your body or dysmorphia about your body understand that you were not a mistake you were not in the wrong body God made you. He intended you to be who you are. But there's a caveat to that. That's who he made you to be. He wanted you to be who he made you to be. You are free to make your choice. You are not free to decide what happens because of that choice. If you have suffered because of that choice and you wish to detransition, There is hope for you. There is mercy and grace for you. Find a real Bible-believing New Testament church that will love you and that will bring you in. And by the way, if you are in a Bible-believing New Testament church and you have someone who is detransitioning, come into your doors. If they darken your doors, do not, don't you dare turn them away. Don't you dare turn them away. If you do not have broken people who are being healed in the church, there's something wrong, not growing. Those broken people better be getting better, better be getting healed. They better be changing. But you should see broken people in the church, people who are being mended. Mm-hmm. The church is for believers. It's not for the unbelievers, but those who do become believers— Guess what? They come in all shapes, sizes, walks of life, and dare I say it, genders. <clears throat> with that said, if you like this podcast, like, comment, share, subscribe, and uh, subscribe for more uh, Josh Koff uh, ASMR. I'm sorry, I'm going to throw you under the bus.
3: <laughs> I did it as far away
1: from the Yeah, you line. did. You did. You did. I, I, I appreciate it. Uh, with that said, we love you so much. Thank you all. Bye bye. Bye. See you. Okay. If you're still here, Oop. you're our super listener, or we put you to sleep and uh, just going around the room. What is your favorite dish that you have? We did, what's your favorite dish, ideally, for Thanksgiving last week? What was the favorite thing that you had now that we're past Thanksgiving? Going around the room, Miss Nikki.
2: Apple pie.
1: Apple pie. Stuffing. That I had for Thanksgiving dinner? Yeah. Ooh.
4: I would say, oh, probably... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, I remember... Um let's go Uh, my wife's uh cranberry mold Mm. she makes it from scratch excellent okay
5: okay well i made a few dishes i even brought some in today so anybody's tried some banana pudding here that banana pudding it was was good smashing it was good yes
1: yes, it was good someone made a bumbleberry cobbler that was my favorite it was really good with that said tell us in the comment section down below what your favorite Thanksgiving dish was this
6: year. Love y'all so much. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.